Welcome back everyone to the Football Analytics and Rant show. It has been an absolutely eventful week and uh, I am very happy to say that I have gotten wrong most of my predictions except for one maybe I think the Belgium one I got right. Okay, maybe Spain one also, but uh, rest all it was I still can't believe what all happened last week. Like some of the results are like really really shocking even the last day last day uh, so it's like uh, there's like a lot to talk about i think what happened and what went down and uh, elijah what do you think i think not only us i think almost everyone around the whole world would have got most of the predictions wrong it was a crazy week in every sense of the word like Okay yeah I maybe I did I say that Denmark will win over Wales or did I say Wales will win over Denmark I don't remember my predictions but <laughs> even if I expected someone to win I didn't expect them to win by what four goals and all that is just madness <laughs> like and that game was a perfect precursor it was a perfect example to show what was to come because that whole week was filled with crazy results definitely so yeah what game are we talking about first so first i think so uh, who are listening to us so we'll be going through a set of topics i think we've divided it into uh, 11 topics uh, regarding what all happened in the euros and uh, after that uh, we'll be uh, like uh, focusing like on the remaining copa america group stage games so and and the end we'll be giving a preview on the euros uh, quarter finals and the copa america quarter final so first denmark run riot in amsterdam so nobody would have expected that and they absolutely destroyed wales 4-0 like it was it was not even a competition at one point i was shocked so i thought maybe after the first goal wales would respond something happened but i never see any response from them and denmark all credit to them they somehow barely managed to make it to the group and now i think uh, what i can say is that i think they are, are a team with quality and they just couldn't do it in the first two games and thing but that also has to do with the situation uh, in those two games and uh, i think this performance uh, like really justifies the difference in a sort of quality between both the sides i think denmark are currently ranked in the top 15 in the world so i think they just showed why they are ranked there maybe but then coming to the coming later we'll get to know ranking is not a big thing in football so over to you like what your or your views for this game actually that was very perfectly put like Denmark have the quality in their side to beat almost any team on their day. Yes. So yeah, all the first two games it can be put down to the Christian Eriksen incident that happened on field. Yes. And like it's understandable because when something like that happens in front of your very eyes, there's hardly anything you can do about it. Like even if you want to play at your best, there's something that will hold you back. So they came back properly and there's one thing I wanted to ask was wales playing badly or was just denmark too good like what do you think was the thing like i don't i genu- genuinely think that denmark were good i'm not saying they're not good but wales should have played better i think they underperformed Definitely. especially that specific game Definitely. no uh. and 
Yeah. No, I was expecting whoever was to win. I I think I predicted Wales were going to win. So <laughs> I think I got a I become an idiot like so. Um whoever was going to win, I predicted it will be a narrow scoreline because Wales are doing well in the group stage. Um what do you call i think the only loss they had in the group stage was like a 1-0 loss so uh, the rest all they had a fight in and they were defending very well i never expected that they'll concede four goals so that goes to tell that wales have been bad i think they got a little bit carried away uh, and uh, like i think they would have thought that it would have been a relatively easy game maybe i don't know and uh, the certainly certainly the way they played showed that they are lacking uh, what you call the same coordination and composure they that they showed in the previous games so yeah yeah especially they should have regrouped after the first goal they should have uh, realized okay this is slowly getting out of hand after the second goal but then all credit to denmark also because even after they scored those goal, goals they had the hunger to keep pushing and that i think was a testament to how far the team have what should i say recovered following the incident and all credit to them because it was a brilliant game to watch yes definitely so denmark uh, defy the odds and i think this is not the first time we've seen denmark uh, they've done it they won the competition and i think they have the inspiration in between uh, with them and uh, yeah so we'll go on to the next game um italy versus austria so italy survive a late scare so it was not at all what you say the first 90 minutes didn't seem like uh, italy were the italy we saw uh, in the group stages and uh, at look at one point it looked maybe uh, it will go on to penalties but italy managed to step up in the extra time i think the those 30 minutes that they played was like uh, compared to the 90 minutes that was before it was like another level of football they played and uh, what a goal from federico chiesa I, that was insane goal uh, the <laughs> yeah one of the goals of the tournament and uh, austria did uh, even though they they actually fought well and this was one of this was far more closely contested than most of us would have predicted because italy were in such great form and austria managed to put a good fight taking it to extra time and uh, they also managed to uh, score a goal back and it was italy's first ever goal conceded so all credits to austria yeah Yeah like when I started watching the game I thought the intensity was not there from Italy but obviously these are our own opinions so uh I I thought like okay maybe we started praising them too early because last episode early we were like uh, they are no more the dark horses these are actual contenders and I'm like okay they're already bottling it all our predictions yes. are going wrong but yeah all credit to Austria because I <laughs> thought I never thought the game would be that close it was way too close for comfort and i think that is a good warning sign for italy to improve on in the future games and uh, yeah like austria played well for that goal there was no problem with their defense so far throughout the tournament i guess for italy but yeah all of these are good because they're now coming to the proper business end of the tournament and everything counts from now on so 
Italy getting that scare is actually a very good thing for them and they'll know what areas to improve on also and if a, i'm not saying austria is a bad team but if a team like austria could actually hold them if they are coming against teams that have played tougher oppositions and have got through with more difficulties then they'll they are in for a real what should i say hard game so they should definitely be going back to the drawing board and figuring out what went wrong and try to fix it because from the quarter finals on i'm not saying any games were easy but from now on the games are going to get more and more tough every single game is going to be a step up in level so yeah definitely so next is i think patrick schick and company i think they have managed to sink the dutch ship so like these are this was one of the first of many big upsets we were going to experience uh, throughout the week and uh, netherlands were horrible in that game i don't know what happened to them they were nothing like what they played in the group stage you look at it it is the win is definitely not a hoax czech republic literally played much better football than netherlands they stuck to their plan and uh, dilits uh, red card actually uh, what you call seal their fate literally and they never could muster anything after that they don't even have a single shot on target i mean this was a team that was the highest scoring team in the group stages no team had scored more goals than netherlands and to uh, not have any shot on target it's ridiculous but all credit to czech republic they continue impress, continue to impress and maybe who knows maybe uh, if they can continue this performance they could uh, even though this bracket uh, in which they are playing is tough they could go even further yeah over to you yeah uh, should i start off with the bad things about the game or the good things about the game bad thing is all netherlands and the good thing is all about uh, the check so which one should i start off with i guess you can start um, with the good thing yeah. start with the good or bad i couldn't get the last part you can start off the good thing yeah so check republic i think there are this is a very pleasant surprise and, and uh, all credit to their manager also because they come with a game plan every game they come in they like every game they play they come in with a proper game plan and they execute it to perfection like their shape is compact once they are out of possession they all track back pretty well keep the pressure on the opposition make it harder for the balls to get through like they literally choke any free movement from the center of the pitch anywhere like from uh anywhere the ball comes in from they try to choke it and like all of these like they study the opposition well and they come prepared and they execute it perfectly it's like this team is more or less like a manager's dream because i think like this is what he tells them and they come and do that perfectly because every scenario that they had they'll seemed prepared and netherlands literally had no answers to any single thing like okay yeah the red card would have made you one person down but like the first goal you considered was just not done and after that they just went into desperate mode they were just running around everywhere like dogs after a bone or like headless chickens they were just running around everywhere trying to do whatever they could to get close to goal 
and when they were getting close to goal nobody is there or like uh, nobody is there to score nobody is in the passes like it was a really really poor performance and they definitely deserve to lose this game no matter who they played against if they played like this they deserve to lose lose this game because even and it's not like they had a problem with progressing the ball the midfield was playing pretty well they were they were actually making good runs in but like in the final third or something like it was very very bad like on so many levels it was bad they were losing possession in the final third they were not getting the at the end of crosses they were not able to receive their passes properly but then all credit to check also because in their final third they were proper like i said they are, they maintained their formation they stuck to their plans and they executed it perfectly so all credit to check republic for winning this and yeah like they are having a dream tournament according to me so yeah all credit to them definitely yeah um coming to the next game i think uh i can call we can't call it an upset but still they are the defending champions and uh, they they being eliminated so so early um you can call it sort of an upset but yeah so i'm talking about portugal so portugal lost to belgium 1-0 in a game which was not quite interesting i guess and uh, the only goal uh, the, that uh, decided the game which was the best part of the game uh, came from Thorgan Hazard a uh, brilliant goal a finesse uh, from outside the box and uh, after that i think belgium literally went to the tactics uh, portugal used uh, for year, four or five years back in france and they just sat back and absorbed literally they didn't i don't i didn't see i didn't think they attack at much at all they just soaked up portugal and after uh, that i think it was just portugal going after belgium but they just couldn't uh, break through uh, their defense and at one point it looked like uh, fernando santos uh, the portuguese coach didn't have a plan like a plan b what should i do nothing was there there's like so much talent in that squad and it looked like he doesn't know what to do and uh, eventually they lost the match so you can say they had more, more control over the game everything but when it comes to the game they didn't score goals and goals in your games so i think that pretty much was the summary of the game and uh, yeah that's all yeah the most important talking point that i took away from this game was everyone started again there's like the superstars have one bad game everyone is like oh ronaldo is done yeah <laughs> like that that was the most visible thing on any social media platform after that but there is also some substance behind that uh, talk because he's taken so many free kicks and in the euros apparently he's never scored a free kick ronaldo so maybe he should have let bruno take it like this was a talk among a few of our friends if he had let bruno take it maybe one of those free kicks at least would have found the net or they might have a better chance because the second free kick that ronaldo took was absolutely shambolic who does that <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that was just bad on so many levels but uh, if we talk about the stats portugal had a hilarious xg like the difference between both of them uh, i think portugal was around 2 and uh, belgium's xg was around 
zero point seven or something, zero point six or something like that. So what that XG means is the expected goals stat, which goes to show like from what positions, uh, how much of their, how many of their shots were expected to find the goal. So Portugal were making the chances, but they couldn't exactly get it. So maybe I think right now it's time for them to look past Ronaldo and try and find a a good striker. Also, I'm not saying Ronaldo is a bad striker, but things need to change, especially after this tournament, because after the thrashing they received at the hands of uh, Germany, they should have figured out what was wrong. But this goal was perfect evidence that they didn't fix jack shit. Yes. Everything, like, yes, they were moving, their movements were good, their passing was good. But then that's also because Belgium seemed a little off. This was not their best game uh, that I have seen. So, I I think, yeah, obviously that goal was brilliant from Hazard. But then, Belgium also should have played better and... By stats and also the game, I think Portugal were good, but they obviously lagged in finishing. And if they want to do good in the future, they definitely have to fix this. And uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And uh, in my opinion, yeah, barring the free kicks, I think in this game, I guess Ronaldo was much more involved in the uh, build-up in the game than uh, like maybe the previous games. So previous games it was like uh, when like he obviously he scored the goals, yeah the uh, three were penalties but uh, like after after the goals like excluding the goals you couldn't see him much involved in the game but in this game I think uh, he was more involved in the game and uh, and that's actually a good gesture on his part and uh, this time maybe some of his teammates were not up to the task and yeah. Yes, uh, yeah, I completely agree with that. Compared to the other games, yes, he did. St- uh, he did look more involved in the game than before. Yeah, but then again, the free kicks thing. Maybe if somebody else had taken it, and these are all these, uh, they are all these. Maybe is after the thing happens. After the thing happens, only everyone is like, ah, if only that had happened. Oh, if only this had happened. So this is all wishful yes. thinking. We can't help it. But yeah, that is something that. Maybe they should try and fix, but obviously, if you have the best player on the world on the pitch, why would you not let him take the free kick? So there's that thing also. Yes, moving yes, on. Yes, definitely. Next, we have uh, goal fest in Copenhagen. Uh, like something none of us would have expected. Um, Croatia and Spain playing out a three-five game. Like Spain ended up winning the game, but. Uh, Based on what we saw from the teams, we didn't expect them to score this many goals. That too in a single game. And uh, it's it's funny, like, Spain have scored uh, more goals, like 10 goals in their last two games. Which is insane. They were struggling to score goals in their first two games. And we thought it their most of their wins would be like 1-0, 2-0. And they're like literally free scoring right now. I don't know, I think maybe something they've got right, I think. And uh, all credits to Croatia also, like, uh, the game was going to end 3-1. And uh, to come back and uh, force the game to extra time, um, all credit to um, Croatia. 
and noted it i was like stunned when i saw that and uh, i thought the game was going to end and then the goal came in and then it went to extra time i think when it went to extra time i guess the substitutions mattered i think uh, spain made much more smarter substitutions they used up their all uh, entire five substitutions and they brought in uh, fresh legs and it also proved that their bench strength is far superior to croatia maybe the first 11 you can say they are uh, neck to neck but the bench is superior to croatia and it paid off and uh, they scored two goals and alvaro morata uh, he had a decent game and uh, uh, yeah i think that's all i had to add over to you yeah i was watching the game and i was texting jitu and, and after that uh, hopeless mistake by the keeper i'm like okay i i don't want to watch this crap anymore i just put my laptop there and i fell asleep <laughs> I, I, i'm in the middle of my sleep i'm hearing oh i'm like what the hell is happening i got up to close my laptop i'm seeing the score like 3 3 is going to extra time i'm like wait what happened when i slept and so i had to watch the replay of the game and it was an insane game and like croatia yes. showed their character so much and they showed why they are the runners of the runners up of the world cup because they were losing 3-1 and they came back with so much like they did not stop pushing they never gave up at any point they were, though they were two goals down they pushed so hard and they went to extra time but then all credit to spain also because i don't know somehow suddenly <laughs> they were playing really really well like i genuinely thought croatia would would get through and but like uh, no comments because spain really played really well and croatia i just feel sad for them because they did not lo- deserve to lose but then the better team won on that day the better team won so yeah that is it yeah i'm just happy i just got at least this prediction correct <laughs> so um, yeah i think that's all i think uh, <laughs> um yeah i think that's all i also have to say about the game and uh, um i think this might be the end of a generation for croatia i think uh, luka modric announced his retirement uh, from international football after this game and uh, i think he served his country well and uh, i think he will forever be remembered as uh, if not uh, one of the greatest if not the greatest players from their country and uh, and i hope his club career also ends in a great way and yeah so moving on uh, to probably one of the biggest upsets in the tournament history maybe and uh, something which none of us even if we got like uh, expected an upset in other or any of the other games we definitely did not expect an upset in this game and it was a joy to the eyes i'm talking about none other than the france versus switzerland game full of drama i think if i had to pick a game from the entire week with this much uh, drama i'd definitely go with uh, this game and not because it was a 3-3 draw and it went to penalties but there was a lot more stuff involved brilliant goals each and every one of those goals are brilliant especially i think i uh, the goal by paul pogba it was like pure class and uh, everybody like both teams were 
too good and in the end we had to go to penalties and uh, Kylian Mbappe uh, missing it uh, like the crucial penalty and uh, uh, before like blaming him or something like that he still he still uh, i guess 22 so which is not uh, like which is still a young age for a footballer and uh, yeah i mean maybe the blame is because like it's not to blame him i think the we should blame the people like who are uh, like comparing him to a prime 27 year old striker with experience so that's stupid and uh, ridiculous because no matter how talented you are you have to gain experience then only you can score in these decisive moments you can look at all senior players and uh, this is will be a learning curve to him he has still has plenty of years left in his career many more europe uh, tournaments he's already participated in two major tournaments at this age so he has at least 10 to 15 years uh, left and it will be a learning curve and he has a chance to rectify that in the next world cup coming in now coming to the game i guess switzerland like they were pretty much equal to yeah obviously they only had half the number of shots but still they were pretty much equal to uh, france in as much as way as they are possible they were definitely not a pushover in this game and this just goes to show like how switzerland are this team who can beat anyone on their day and can bottle anyone on uh, any like any time on the day so it's a weird team and uh, like based on the way they finished the group stage nobody would have expected that like france would have easily won this game and uh, all credit to them they knocked the world champions out and if they can show this fight like same i mentioned with czech republic you just need this fight in the knockout stages this desire to win is more important obviously quality and there but switzerland have the quality no doubt they have the quality definitely their players are extremely talented all are playing for top european clubs and uh, i think it's just like i can't say any team is better it was like sometimes football is a matter of like small small decisions and maybe if mbappe had went to the other side the game would have been different and all credit to jan somer also he kept the french attackers at bay and uh, uh, probably the uh, like i can't single out any best players two players had a brace i think uh, karim benzema and haris afrovich so if i had to go with a hero i will go with jan somer definitely and especially he how i think his save literally won them the game and that image i think many people would have seen was like would be i think one of the most iconic images in the euro cup uh, going the next year yeah over to you guys yeah jitu put it perfectly he named the point also miracle of bucharest and that is spot on because i i genuinely never thought switzerland would let alone they win the game i didn't i didn't even think it'll come close but they were like jitu said both of them seemed more or less uh, what should i say equal or what should i say well matched none of them looked like they were the better like overwhelmingly favorite or overwhelmingly better team and i think that's all credit to switzerland because they are playing against the world champion on a team that has so much quality so much quality and the, like the gulf in quality is just 
unimaginable it's that big the gulf in qualities but they never let it show the way they played they played fearless football they played attacking football and they scored like this game also they were trailing and they just they wanted to win they wanted to hold on they wanted to prove a point and they came back and they stuck they persisted they persevered and they somehow came through and this is truly this is this game is everything that is beautiful about the game of football because it doesn't matter how many big players you have in the side no matter how many wonder kids you have in your side doesn't matter if you are the defending world champions doesn't matter what you have on your day if you don't perform you will be beaten and i think uh, the criticism for mbappe's miss in front of goal was just unfair because it's a game it happens this is life you miss sometimes doesn't matter how good a player you are or how bad a player you are it happens you miss sometimes and yes sometimes the miss is costly sometimes it's not and this time it was just costly he would have missed a hundred other goals also but no one will talk about that they are talking about this because it was of so much value that's also he's like jitu said he's still very young there's a lot of years for us to enjoy his brilliant style and like it was a beautiful game to watch and i would say this is among the greatest euro games i watched in my whole life so yeah that's it yeah so all credit to switzerland switzerland and uh, uh we'll move on to the next game i think england finally uh, did it they finally managed to beat germany in a knockout game of any tournament since 1966 so that's been a hell of a lot of time it's like uh, two generations if i'm not two or three generations back and uh, it's like it's like it will provide a lot of motivation for them i think something which they haven't achieved they've done it and uh, see my breakdown for this game is like it was earlier i told i it was like who's going to be the most dumbest to the coaches and i think low proved that he is the numbers and if you're a coach and uh, you literally have only one plan you can't win a tournament but uh, i don't know why it came to his mind but uh, yeah he literally played the same formation see the only reason germany didn't get uh, punished uh, in versus portugal is because portugal the portugal's coach was also not tactically efficient enough to tackle that formation so what gareth southgate he literally watched germany he played the same thing in the all the three matches and what he did was he found a solution he literally blocked the main source of attack for uh, uh, germany which is through their wings he literally lined up a formation that literally ma- blocks man to man every single player in germany and when they realized that they couldn't uh, use their plan uh, what do you call when low realized he didn't know what to do he didn't change anything he decided just to go with it and it ended up backfiring obviously they had a uh, some great cha- chances which they could should have and could have finished and uh, especially maybe the mulla chance will come to that and uh, i think england won this game because they were tactically better and uh, uh, i think they deserved to go out and uh, i think this is the uh, in this game alone they scored as many goals as the previous three games combined 
and uh, good to see uh, harry kane getting in the score sheet again i think it will be a confidence boost to him and trying sterling its third goal would have thought it would have been england's top scorer People, most of us would have been counting on harry kane and raheem sterling with his third goal and uh, all credit to him i think it was one of the most crucial goals in his career and uh, and uh, over to you ajay do you have to go for your quiz thing i can talk after you come back it's a 95 or what tell them it's okay i'll cut this audio out okay yeah coming to the england game uh like we were discussing before i think south gates Uh, like jitu was saying it it didn't look like either of the managers had a backup plan they had one plan and they went in like all in with those plans and it was a gamble like because when southgate's xi came out it didn't look like much like they were way better players sitting on the bench and because of that many people would have questioned him also but it was a gamble that paid off very well because as the game started you could see that he matched the formation perfectly with germany he studied the opposition perfectly and so he matched the formation and then he was playing man to man and for that the squad that he picked was perfect and raheem sterling like i don't like the player as such but he is having a very good tournament because people criticized him when he was playing for man city also they were like just because he's been there for a long time or just because he's a big name he's getting selected if it was any other player it would not have been the case and all of that but if you see he's actually proving himself for the english team now and i think the euros are a good place for the players to sell themselves to a different clubs because they're saying that raheem sterling might not continue at manchester city or whatever yes. and the same applies for other players also yes. which we can go into later on but coming back to the game Yes Germany did have a few good chances that they did not capitalize but yeah uh, all credit to Southgate's men because they had a plan and they stuck to it and the other thing i wanted to talk about was apparently UEFA didn't allow Germany to train at the Wembley because they said that it rained and if you guys train something will happen to the pitch some some nonsense like that okay so people had made an issue about that also which in all fairness yes you are allowed to take offense at that because if you play at that when you like there's the issue of confidence and of getting used to it and all of that but like how i don't know how much does that really affect your game it does i'm not saying it does but like how much because germany are not a bad team and they proved that by beating many good teams on the way to this particular game so there is that and there was the other issue of the fans booing Jamal Musiala when he came on which was really shameful and if a person was watching football for the first time for that game he would have had a very bad impression which like one of my friend only watches a few of these germany games and he like what the hell is going on like what are they booing about and one of my other friends had to explain it to him so yeah yeah so yeah i didn't i didn't know about uh, the whole uh, training thing i'm hearing that now so okay, that's new info and uh, I think after the game, I don't know, the English fans outside England are pretty uh, okay, I guess, but the English fans in England and uh, the 
way they behaved i know you have been waiting for a long time but some of the comments in social media have been very disgusting and uh, we can't mention those things here so yeah and uh, and i hope uh, they'll not repeat it and i think uh, uh, ufo or some some strict action should be made against such things and uh, it's i'll give you one example see uh, still there are people like english fans who call germans nazis for some reason which is highly uh, triggering term and uh, there's not been any conflict because german fans usually don't react to it and all credits to german fans for that and uh, i hope there there will be a change in this this is a sort of hooliganism that's happening and uh, yeah we'll move on to the final game i guess um, sweden versus ukraine so coming into the game i guess uh, most of us would have uh, never predicted uh, that uh, ukraine are going to win i guess because they didn't have a they have had a decent group stage but i think only a single win and uh, sweden had topped a group which had uh, contained uh, spain and poland so uh, and they were looking all set in the game as well but the game turned out to be much much closer than we all anticipated and it went to extra time I, and uh, actually it was ukraine who opened the scoring zinchenko and forsberg equalized for uh, uh, sweden through a fabulous goal and uh, come at the end of the regular time i think uh, it finished uh, 1-1 and uh, they had to go into extra time in extra time uh, i think um, marcus danielson's uh, sending off was a crucial point in the game i think sweden were reduced to 10 men which allowed uh, an advantage for ukraine and they made use of it and the game ended in quite a dramatic fashion the winning goal uh was scored by i'm sorry if my pronunciation is wrong it's arten dobik uh in the 120th minute like literally almost the last minute of the game and uh, ukraine have done it they've uh, gone to the next round and uh, due credits to their coach andrey shevchenko he has turned around uh the team in a massive way he's obviously he's he's an ac milan legend and uh legend in their country as well but his coaching has also been good and he has managed to turn ukraine's uh, fortunes very much and uh, i hope they can do better but it will be tough fixture for them because they'll be facing england in the next round yeah over to you yeah there's nothing i can add to that you covered <laughs> everything perfectly okay okay so next we'll uh, discuss on the games that happened in the copa america like we have to discuss some of the remaining group stage games which uh, like confirmed the quarter finals most of them were confirmed there was like one or two slots still to be confirmed and uh, yeah what you're right yeah so coming back to the copa america i think the last game we had discussed was the paraguay and chile, uh, chile yes, game yes. yeah so i think the next game we have to talk about is brazil versus ecuador So yes Brazil already were finishing at the top of their uh, group all of that is fine and they did play a slightly weakened team i understand for the final game but this was not done on 
any level because even their weekend team on paper is the better team compared to Definitely. ecuador and no disrespect to any team that i am saying is not as good as any other team but on paper yes even this weekend team is better and i think it's high time that brazil actually have proper forwards like gabriel jesus and richarlison are there but i i i have never found them to be as convincing strikers like as good good strikers they are decent strikers but for a team that plays so well and for a team that has so much quality i think it's their finishing that lets them down at every stage like any game they play for at any level it is their finishing which has been problematic and uh, honestly if it were not for neymar i think that team would be very 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 different and like keem does the bulk of the work and gives the ball to the uh, strikers and most of the time they botch up those shots also and this game yes it did not feature neymar and all but like this game was exactly proof of why that team needs neymar and what that team is without neymar so yeah it was a bad game for brazil according to brazil standard but because they were playing a weekend team maybe you could excuse that but yeah moving on to the next game it's venezuela versus peru jitu do you have anything to add no no i have the same point i haven't watched most of the games i have watched some of these games i think i had uh, watched uh, the uruguay game and the argentina game i failed to watch the other game i only watched the highlights but yeah i have the same point to say like they're still lacking a proper striker like the strikers they're currently playing like they are not looking convincing like you only see the flaws like maybe in the world cup you'll see the flaws or maybe in the quarter finals you can see the flaws in the striking department like when you face like suppose if you brazil face argentina which will only happen in the final will come to that suppose uruguay or some tough team which they get uh, it might prove to be a liability yeah okay okay yeah moving on to the venezuela versus peru yeah. game okay there was not much to talk about here but yeah both sides were trying to uh take the lead early on and so they were trying a lot of shots from the beginning of the game but like neither team looked very convincing but yeah venezuela should have won the game but peru were uh, hogging the possession and they came out very well in the second half according to me so yeah so they deserve to win and uh, let's move on to the uruguay game yeah, yeah uh, something about peru i think peru has been throughout very consistent in this tournament i guess and uh, something which i didn't expect from them they have finished second in the group which is pretty good considering they are in a group with brazil and they finished above colombia who were supposed to be finishing second and uh, all credits to them i think the only game they lost was against uh, brazil if i'm not wrong and uh, uh, hoping to see them again i think and their star player i guess andre carillo i know him because he, he used to play in asian football yeah over to you yeah so uruguay was his paraguay so we've always been talking about uruguay since we started talking about copa america and how bad they have been mm-hmm. but this game they were like okay we should score we should score and they were taking shots left <laughs> right center every opportunity they got they were launching the ball <laughs> and uh, i think they took some around 20 shots or something Definitely. and very few of them were on target but they took a lot of shots which is a little bit more 
entertaining to watch if i can say that uh, but still out of position they didn't look as convincing and it's the same point we keep coming back to episode after episode if this team has to improve they definitely need a refresh and they need to rethink their tactics if they want to go far like the distance in any tournament and i think once they move on to the quarter finals or the semi finals if they are fortunate enough to go that far all of their flaws will be clear for everyone to see because people are exploiting their mistakes and like out of position this team is not good at all uh, but yeah that's the problem with any team that is aging so yeah jitu yeah definitely i guess i think this game of uruguay was actually more uh, interesting to watch at least um, because most of the other games were like you literally sleep off after some time there was no i don't know what style they are playing maybe because the players are a bit old there was not much of intensity but i think this game showed like uh, like uh, if they were to win the game they'd finish second uh, which would mean an easier uh, uh, what do you call uh, fixture in the next round so i think they push for that and i think yeah same as to they're taking shots left right and center i think uh, 18 shots uh, 18 shots 18 to 20 i'm not sure so which is like uh, more than 3 times the shot paraguay had taken so that is ridiculous and uh, they still need to find more goals i guess i think many of the games i think despite having a good share of the ball they are not able to finish many of the chances and yeah i think that's all yeah i think they need someone who controls and dictates the pace of the game yes because every time they have an opposition which pushes them too much or tries to up the intensity of the game they're not able to keep up with the speed yeah. and when they are slowing down they uh, they literally like snails lay their movements with the ball are very very slow so if they get a player who can dictate the pace of the game not only like where he sprays the ball with his passes and all that but the speed at which the game progresses then maybe they might have control but this this is an aging squad and it definitely needs a refresh and i think till that happens they can just keep praying that they do well definitely so, yeah hope, moving on to the yeah yeah go hope on, to go see on. them like uh, like what from we saw going up i guess i think uh, the 2010 version of uruguay was by far the best team uh, that at least i have watched and uh, they're far from that right now and uh, many of the players are still there in the squad uh still playing uh mainly edinson cavani and luis suarez uh but they're still aging i think they need a refresh right now because they were nowhere near as competitive as that side was that side was could beat any team on their day and uh, yeah that's all yeah moving on to the argentina versus bolivia game so yeah uh, argentina came out uh trying to have fun i guess yeah. because uh, the <laughs> the score line says 4-1 and uh like there's nothing much to talk about argentina played uh, quite well but yes. the only goal they conceded was actually a complete uh, what should i say they just slept the whole team just slept and you could see that like it was a absolute lapse in concentration and that should not be happening at any level maybe they took the game a bit too lightly or whatever but um, moving on to the f- next stages they should be improving because if they switch off like that in between a game uh, uh, bigger teams are not going to uh, forgive that 
and they will punish you for it and they will punish you well and so that's one of the takeaways from this game yeah jitu yeah definitely i agree with the point you're saying and uh, yeah the result looks very impressive but uh, one thing we have to take in mind is that uh, bolivia are the lowest ranked team in the competition and they are not won a single game till the last game so it was a minimum require that argentina should beat them let alone like uh, beat them by multiple goals so that is there so this result i think yeah what you said earlier i think that defensive uh, what you call mistake they made is pretty alarming and if a team like bolivia could take advantage of it if a bigger team comes uh, it would be even worse yeah that's all i guess yeah so one of the other positives was lotaro martinez actually got a goal in and uh, the way they were playing uh, argentina they were trying to attack but it's again this there is this classical problem i think across the entire world in football that we do not have good finishers i could literally count on my fingers the number of good like top notch finishers in the world right now and uh, like their finishing was bad throughout and like you had to depend on a messi goal to open the scoring so and that too from a penalty so these are not good things and moving on to the other stages they have to improve on that so i think we'll take a look at the table and close out the copa so group a the people who are out are bolivia because they finished bottom of the table in their group so argentina is first with 10 points and then is uruguay paraguay and chile they move on to uh, the quarter finals and group b brazil top quite expectedly and next is peru and then colombia like jitu had said which was a surprise because colombia have underperformed this tournament and ecuador to finish it and venezuela finish at the bottom of the group which means these are the eight teams that will go on to the quarter finals yes jitu over to you yeah and i think we'll just uh, give off our predictions for the quarter finals which will uh, start on in our indian time i guess uh, uh, early morning uh, july early morning july 3rd um like uh, we'll start with uh, peru versus paraguay elijah yeah like you had said peru have been a consistent team this tournament and they have been playing well but paraguay no pushovers but i still think a slight edge to peru maybe they'll win 1-0 according to me okay so i think uh, it will be a One one fixture and I think um, Peru will win it in extra time. So whichever team is going to win it in extra time. I'm not giving Peru the clear advantage because uh, Paraguay still have a, what do you call a much more quality squad. Even though Peru are the for team which are in form, so they can turn the game around any moment. But I still give them slight edge because they are playing uh, uh, like football which they love and they are playing confidently. So. Peru win uh, 2 on an extra time yeah um coming to the next game so it's uh, brazil versus chile so that's a, that's a pretty good fixture i think uh, it is like i i according to me i think is going to be the toughest fixtures because both teams have immense quality um Elijah your view on this game Yeah I'm a Brazil supporter so it doesn't matter even if the team is bad I'm going to say Brazil will win so my prediction is Brazil will win but Chile are a good team so they will give them a run for their money 
but i still think brazil will win it 2-0 and at the worst possible maybe it'll be a 1-1 game which will go into extra time and then brazil will win it that is like the worst case scenario but i i am saying brazil for the win yeah i think i'm also going with the same score i think uh, same result uh, i'll go for a 2-0 win um, mainly because i think even though brazil have their own problems uh the other team's problems are much more bigger than brazil and i think they still are uh, the best team in the tournament according to me argentina also comes and goes but brazil are a cut above the rest right now and yeah so next game i think is uh, uruguay versus colombia so two teams which didn't impress as much and it could go anyway but uh, i still think i think colombia uh, will miss hamels i think uh, i think they didn't select him for some physical fitness issue which i not sure what is wrong with i don't know and uh, i think uruguay just has a bit more quality uh, the quality even though they have not been playing the more of an attractive football or an effective style of play i still think uruguay will go but i'm going for a one nil elijah you score Yeah, I agree with your score prediction. I think it will be a 1-0 to Uruguay. And that is primarily because Colombia in the last 2-3 games have been bad. Uh, whereas Uruguay in the last 2-3 games, they have won them. So, going only by that. Not because one plays better than the other. Both have been playing quite drab and boring football. And not convincing in any area of the field. Mm-hmm. But just because of their form and because Uruguay are on a high right now winning their last 2-3 games. And... Colombia have not managed to do that I think Uruguay will win and it will be a 1-0 yeah um, coming to the next game it is Argentina versus Ecuador um, I think Argentina will be too good for Ecuador and uh, I'm expecting Argentina to get through I think uh, this is a game they must win in order to get through and uh, to prove themselves they are still one of the top sides in uh, uh, Copa America so I'm going with uh, okay, this might backfire on me I'm going with uh, uh, what do you call 3-1 win so I think uh, because since Argentina scored uh, in every single game I think they've played and I think since this is a, a high pressure man I think some players might be able to step up but uh, as you mentioned earlier there's some leak in their defense so Ecuador will find one goal so it's uh, 3-1 to Argentina yes Yeah, I'm also saying Argentina will go through, uh, but I think it'll be a 3-0 or a 2-0 win. Most likely 2-0 because 3 and all is difficult judging by the way they are playing. <laughs> but yeah, it's possible that Ecuador might also score a goal. So if Ecuador score a goal, I think it'll be 3-1. But if Ecuador don't score, I think they can finish at 2-0. So yeah, that's my prediction. Okay. I think that uh, comes up our Copa America prediction. So we move on to the Euros. So... Uh, many of the teams have been knocked out i think many of the teams you would have expected to be in this round are not there uh, to all of us surprise that but we still have some great fixtures and uh, it's, it's starting off uh, on uh, july 2nd a uh, night uh, with switzerland versus spain so i still don't know what to say because uh, anything could happen all these games anybody could beat anyone and uh, uh as of now i think the way it goes to spain 
because they have a bit more quality but switzerland have proven that quality doesn't mean anything if you have a team spirit and if it working as a cohesive unit you can beat any team so both teams are in great form uh, it's going to be very tough and both teams have scored tons of goals also in the last few games so i'm going for a high scoring game um i think spain will win uh, 3 2 i might be wrong uh yeah that's all over to you yeah this is also a very difficult game to predict uh because spain for all their heroics like they have scored 10 goals in their last two matches and all but they are their defense is not convincing at all and uh, like they are obviously missing uh, experienced veteran like sergio ramos and all in the back which is understandable but uh, i don't i like it's very difficult to call this one Uh, Switzerland uh, play very good attacking and free flowing football and Spain are more of the controlling types uh which will be an inter- which will make for another interesting midfield battle uh but i think this game might go into extra time not because any of the teams will fail to score but because i think they'll, they they are a perfect match for each other so even if someone scores two goals the other person will be able to manage to score those two so i think it'll go into extra time and i think spain will just hold on to win and that's my prediction so going to the next game i think it is arguably the biggest game of the quarter final italy versus belgium so it's so hard to predict who's going to win this game but i think Italy has a slight edge because of the fact that they have won their games not only in a dominant way but they managed to concede very few goals also and the way Belgium played against Portugal it looks a little bit alarming um, but uh, you never know they might change their tactics also but i think a little bit i think the youthness of the Italy squad especially in their attack will be helpful for them even though they have an aging defense yeah so i'm going for a very close like around uh, a 2-1 win for uh, italy yeah yeah i'm also going for a Italy win but I think it will be a 1-0 win uh, it's going to be a very interesting game because I think Italy will try and control as much as much of the ball as possible but Belgium also plays such attractive football but one of the major factors is KDB will not be playing Eden Hazard is out so there are a lot of things to take into consideration and uh, I think that's why Italy will win but I might be wrong who knows this is a weird game so yeah um Czech Republic and Denmark uh, this is also uh, quite a tough game to decide but uh, even though Czech Republic i think had been more consistent than Denmark and uh, they had defied all odds because they had beaten one of the contenders for the tournament fair and square uh, that is Netherlands Denmark on the other hand showed that they had lots of fighting spirit and Denmark is the higher ranked team um 
uh, and because of that i think denmark has a little bit more quality and uh, much more confident than the first two games so i think this might be the end of the road for czech republic and uh, denmark are going to win uh, but it will be very very close margin uh, since both teams are like high scoring i guess i'm going for a 3-2 win for denmark and uh, okay yeah. interestingly i am also going for a czech republic win but i think it will finish in a 2-0 victory for czech uh and that's all i can say about because czech have made plans and they have stuck to them properly and i think they would um, they would come up with a good plan against denmark and if they stick to it i'm pretty sure it should not be an issue next game is ukraine versus england so ukraine um all props to them for reaching this stage i think nobody would have expected them uh, i think even over uh, sweden i think everybody expected sweden to go through but i think this might be the end of the road for them because england are uh, just too good in terms of man to man quality and if at all england loses this game i think that pretty much goes down to uh, tactical inefficiency other than that i think they will be able to see this game through um if they are firing on full surrenders i think they can win it in a two goal or three goal margin but uh, it might go all wrong if southgate gets the tactics wrong and uh, so but still i am going for uh, 2-0 yeah not higher and lower uh, i think this game if england uh, only if this game uh, they manage to win i think do they deserve to go to the final because these are the games they are supposed to win they have already beaten germany and next if they win give this game also i think their path is relatively easier to the final compared to the other bracket and yeah that's all this is an interesting game because england somehow i i i think they are still underperforming but this is a good time to come into your own and start playing really well up to your standards up and live up to the hype this will be a good game for them to win and Pray, if england will win and they start performing well it will be a big win like a 3-0 win or a 4-0 win otherwise it is going to be a very very close game i think it will be a 2-1 or it will be a 1-1 and extra time 2-1 in which england will win so that is my prediction yes please leave your predictions in the comments below we want to find out and whoever does it does get it correctly maybe we'll give you a shout out if i know many people don't listen but whoever does get it correctly we'll definitely mention your prediction here i think we'll make a separate episode only for the predictions and all that so that can come out earlier tomorrow morning that is the day of the game so yeah we'll see what it happens but thank you so much for listening good night and i'll just sign you off